Welcome back to Kingdom Cast. This is your host, Bad Luck Chuck. We're back for another week as we get closer to the 2021 NFL Draft. Um, over to the bottom left-hand corner, got my guy Boogie. And over to the bottom right-hand corner is my guy Country. Uh, he's struggling right now. But <laughs> anyway, uh, we got him to the bottom right-hand corner. And our special guest of the week um, to the top right-hand corner. Um, he's he's, uh, he's worse for he's covering the Chiefs for Arrowhead Attic. Uh, he's the NFL Draft Guru around these parts. So I would like to welcome Arrowhead Tom to this week's episode of King of Cast. How you doing this evening, Arrowhead Tom? Um, hey, I'm doing great, man. Uh, really excited to talk draft. Anytime I can get a chance to, uh, you know, that's my thing. So, yeah. <laughs> so good deal, my man. Well, as everyone knows, like, it's getting close to that time of the year. Uh, I guess you could say it's one of the main holidays of the year, you know, as far as football fans are concerned. Mm-hmm. So uh, start us off, country. Um, man, I'm just ready for the draft. It seems like it's been like eight months since we had a football game and it's been another 10 weeks since the combine. And then we got another 14 weeks to go to the draft. (laughs) I'm just really over it. I'm just ready to draft. Like, I'm just ready for it to happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, so pick 31, um, I kind of, I don't even want to talk about pick 31. Like we, everybody's talked about pick thirty-one and pick sixty-three. I want to talk about pick one thirty-five or is it thirty-one, thirty-four? <laughs> like, yeah. do you see any like sleepers or late-round gems? Like, if we got like uh, Legarius Need was a mm-hmm. definition of a late-round gem. You see any guys that could do that this year? Any any guys you got your eye on that's not getting the pub that everybody else is getting and. Or, or not oh, yeah. getting attention. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know if they'll be as good as uh, Legarius Need was. I mean, that's that's a those are big shoes to live up to. But there's a lot of guys that are, for me, I, I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like a lot of people are talking about them. Um, I'll start with probably one of my favorite guys in the in the draft is uh, it's an offensive guard out of Georgia, Ben Cleveland. Um, the dude looks I love like Ben Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> I the just dude love looks his like. If you if you know the mountain from Game of Thrones, and then if you follow wrestling, like Braun Strowman, it looks like those two people just <laughs> merged into one, and that guy is out here playing guard. The guy's like six seven and three hundred thirty pounds of just raw muscle. Um, I mean, we can argue about scheme fit and all that other stuff, but at the end of the day, the dude is going to just run over the guy in front of him. And I, I have him as a as like a mid second round grade, but I see him a lot of times going in the third and fourth. Um, I don't know. I mean, first of all, I'd be super happy if Kansas City took him because I think that he's um, – it's like when we had Coleccio Simile for a couple of weeks last year and everyone was like, yeah, like that's what an offensive lineman's supposed to be like. That, that's how I feel about Ben Cleveland. Like that that nasty run you over isn't necessarily going to be the guy you pull out in space, but just line him up and run through guys. Um, that appeals to the old school like football fan in me. So um, Ben Cleveland is, is definitely one of my guys. Uh, there's another one, a wide receiver out of Iowa, um, Amir Smith, Amir Smith Marset. So he's um, in a lot of the ways he does what McCole Hardman does. Uh, but my 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 thought process on him is you bring him in and you let McCole Hardman focus on being specifically a wide receiver, and Smith Marset takes over your special team stuff. You saw kind of at the end of the year, it felt like uh, Hardman was struggling with you know returning punts, and we saw some of that in the playoffs and. Uh, we want we want McCall to to succeed. 
So let's let him focus on on doing one thing really well. And then Smith Marset, uh, he's I think six one, um, like the high one eighties, one eighty five, one eighty six. And then he 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 ran slower than what he looks like on on the field, but he he was just explosive play after explosive play for Iowa. Had some off the field issues. I think it was a, a drug related arrest, and then just some other little things that kind of held him back. He missed some time, but um, when he's on the field, the dude the dude plays crazy well. Uh, I mean, just every time he touches the ball, it's that same. I mean, you guys know what it's like watching the Kansas City Chiefs, Tyreek Hill, uh, McCall Hardman, every time they touch the ball, kind of that same mold of, of playmaker. Um, one more who I think is probably less of a – probably more of a day two guy, but I'm higher on him than most is, is Joe Tryon, the um, defensive end out of Washington. I think he's got good size and, and can fill his frame out a little bit more in terms of being a bigger defensive end like Steve Spagnuolo likes, um, he has got—I I would say confidently—he's got the nastiest inside swim move in the draft. Um, he just—he goes up and over guys, like it's just—it's crazy. He had one. Um, There's a screenshot floating around after the Super Bowl of two Chiefs offensive linemen like blocking each other because they got beat so bad. By oh. I think, <laughs> sorry to bring it up, but he did that exact same thing. I think it was against Utah, Utah State. Did the exact same thing to two of their guys. I mean, just split the dude and like pats the guy on the back as he's going past him. It was like, you know, just like good day, buddy. And it was, it was absolutely ruthless. Um, so I'm a big Joe Tryon fan. Um, I'm just going through guys. Amon Ross St. Brown from USC wide receiver. That's my guy. I think you could play him all over the field outside inside. Um, I compared him to maybe a little, like a slightly less explosive Jeremy Macklin. Um, just does everything really well. I don't think he's – I think he ran a little slower than Macklin did. But just in terms of that versatility, play him wherever you want. Um, gosh, there's a couple other names. I'm, I'm just scrolling through this list. I'm, I'm glad you brought up kick returner, punt returner, because mm -hmm. I think that's like a under-the-radar need. Because McCall, yeah. we, we discussed it before, and, and we got hashtag McCall don't want to do it no more. <laughs> <laughs> He clearly is over the the punt return, kick return guy. He, I, yeah. I don't think he even wants to do it anymore. So I'm glad you named one of those type of guys because th that's a a luxury need, but it's mm -hmm. it's like a slight need, nonetheless. Yeah, he doesn't want to do it anymore. Well, if it makes him a better, more productive receiver, that helps the team, you know, in other ways. So again, want him to focus on being a receiver, not receiver, special teams, and kick. Because that's – I mean, you know, these guys spend time in their rooms, in their meeting rooms with their coaches every week. If more time with his receiver coaches and in that receiving room is going to make him a better receiver, that that benefits the team, especially, you know, with Watkins going over to, to Baltimore. They, they need they need that third, fourth guy to step up. So – and it's really it's really on McColl this year to, to do that. Yeah, I like the way you're thinking, man, because they definitely need – they definitely could use that because you drafted them pretty high uh, for a second rounder. So this is the time for him to produce, man. Like, it's do or die. Like, if he doesn't produce this this season, then it might be a bust. It might be a miss, man, because mm -hmm. when you draft him in the second round, you definitely want to be more – want him to be more than a gadget player. Yeah. And speaking of guys from Iowa, um, shout out to my guy, Philip Magruder. He's in the building. Um, he talked about Chauncey Goldston from Iowa, defense end consider him a day three diamond. So what do you think about Chauncey Golston? Yeah, Golston's got some some inter interesting tools to work with. Um, 
I kind of I run hot and cold on him. There, there are moments where I'm just like, yeah, like this guy is probably like, you know, take him, take him in the fourth or fifth round. And then there's some other plays that just I, I worry about his overall athleticism, like in terms of being able to to really get through um, offensive tackles, like in terms of on a third in a in a passing situation. I just don't think he's got the juice to really get through. He kind of like I'd almost compare him to a little bit to Mike Dana in terms of he might be an early down guy um, who gives you a little bit of pass rush, but I don't think yeah, for a day three guy, he's definitely going to provide value for somebody. I don't, I don't think that he is. Um, I don't think he's going to be a long-term or like, you know, a pro bowl level pass rusher, but as far as just being beef on the offensive line and, and being a guy who can rotate in, um, you know, and I say he doesn't have that. I'll say he doesn't have that much juice because he definitely has some plays where you're just like, Oh, okay. All right. I see you Chauncey. Like, like I get it. I get it. But like, he's not, um, I think he's limited athletically. And he's kind of his size is kind of I don't want to say I don't call him undersized, um, you know six four two sixty eight, but he uh, he's gonna he's gonna make his his bread and butter off being a high effort guy anyways and kind of a cleanup guy. But um, I do like him as a prospect, and, and if he was you know a day three guy, I'd be be happy to have him in there. Hey, Tom, what do you think about Dylan Moses? Man, I love Dylan Moses so much. When before his injury, um, the dude, the kid's a stud, and he's been like, like built in a lab to play middle linebacker. Um, for him, it's going to be the medicals that that really determine it. His this last year, you could see, and I think he even said it himself that he was playing in constant pain, which is scary. Um, you don't want players having to play in pain like that. You think of it almost makes you think of the Eric Berry situation where it's like, okay, is there something else? Like, I know you have this, you had this injury in your past, but is there something else going on here? Are you going to need surgery? Um, he's really, his stock is really cooled off. I, day three, take this. I, I would take a swing on him. If you can get him back to being um, who he was, you know, a year, year and a half ago, two years ago at Alabama, you're getting a guy who, I mean, they were talking about him as a top 15, top 20 pick. And that's real. I mean, and everything on the film said that he was, um, you know, there was some conversations. I'm trying to remember which podcast I was listening to. Um, I'm pretty sure it was one of the draft network ones, but they were talking about how there were conversations with Alabama about shutting him down, but he wanted to be on the field because it was his job to line everybody up. And like, so, so there's a part of me that really respects his competitive toughness and but I think you might if you draft him, you might be in a situation where you want to give him a year off to kind of figure out figure out um, or even you start him on the pup list and you give him just as some extra extra couple months to rehab and, and figure out what's going on. Uh, that would be 100 percent. you got to trust your trainer on that on that call. But as far as the player goes, the personality, all that stuff, he's an A plus dude. What about Pete Warner? Hey, speaking of, um, OK, Boogie, I'm sorry. My, my fault, coach. Um. Warner's kind of a tough one, um, a tougher one for me. I I know a lot of people like him. I I don't see it as much. Um, again, I've seen him kind of progress, so maybe there's maybe more people like what he's what he's growing into. The linebacker class this year, it's it's been hard because there's not a lot of guys that have like moved the me- the needle for me. I think Warner's going to play outside in a four three. Um, I I think there might be some some questions about. Um, I think tackle to tackle. Like if you if you're just asking him to play that, you're you're good. Like against the run, um, and I think he'll be a solid starter for probably ten years. Like I, I it's like a lot of people get really excited about him, and I'm like, I think he'll be good. 
I don't, you know, I don't know if he'll be, you know, this all world, um, you know, day one starter or whatever, but I think that he's going to be a guy that you can plug in or you, you bring in eventually and, and, you know, he'll have a solid career, but I think ultimately his upside is going to be limited by his athleticism um, and his ability in coverage. I think that that's, you know, some of that is just going to, you have to wait and see how it translates to the pro level. There's a guy that's shooting up this week, uh, Stone Foresight, I mm-hmm. think is his name. Another great name, another yeah. great football name. Yeah. What's your right. thoughts? On, uh, he's shooting up a lot of boards this week, or he's getting a lot of, or he got a great agent that is like, yeah, really pushing him this week. <laughs> yeah. His name is being mentioned everywhere. Like, he mm-hmm. went from low round to first round guy this week, which is crazy. Yeah. So, any yeah. thoughts on him? Yeah, he's flown up the board. Um, I looked at him earlier in the year. I mean, because his name popped out, and I'll be honest, that was why I was like, "That's a cool name." <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you look at the frame and you look at some of the work that he's done, and you're like, "Okay, I, I, you can definitely see the tools." Um, I, do I think a team's going to fall in love with him and take him earlier than what he should? Probably. Um, I think I had a. Um, I've got him as my eleventh tackle on my board. Um, and and actually, I moved him up a couple of spots recently, but I think he he's going to have to move beyond just relying on being the bigger dude. And, you know, he's going to have to really clean up his technique, um, worry about his feet and his frame. I mean, just being 6'8", all those guys, it's really easy. Or it's easier for people to get underneath your pads when you're that tall. So um, I, I like him as a prospect. I don't, I don't know if he – I don't think you can ask him to come in and, and start day one. I think that's a tough ask. So some of that hype is dangerous. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's where we're, I mean, if he was a, I'd say third round, if the chiefs grabbed him, I'd be okay with that as a guy that bring along and eventually be a starter. Okay. So since you mentioned um, him being a left on your tackle list, um, I know the chiefs, I know majority of chiefs Keenum wants the chiefs to draft a tackle in the first round. So like, who do you have on your board currently that you think would be available by then? And which guy do you like in the first round? That they were yeah. Out? So um, just running through my, I think the top three tackles are Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater, Christian Derisaw. Derisaw, I know his, his stock is kind of cooling and, and there's some questions about him. I, I, I get that. Cause I, I don't really, um, I don't see it as much with Derisaw as some other people. So I think all three of those guys are going to be gone. A popular name I hear is, is Samuel Cosme. I have him as my fourth tackle. Um, I think he's going to be gone, if we're being honest. He's just very athletic, and I think there's going to be a team that, that swoops, swoops in and takes him. Then I have Liam Eikenberg. Um, who, so Samuel Cosme I compared to Eric Fisher um, in terms of like being a very athletic tackle. They have very similar frames. I think Cosme needs to put on some weight. Um like just five or 10 pounds, just like Eric Fisher had to do coming out. And then Liam Eikenberg, I compared to uh, Anthony Constanzo, who just retired with the Colts, like just that steady guy, you know, plug and play day one. He's going to be there for 10 years and, but he's not going to be your all pro, you know, left tackle. So um, that's my top five. I think liking or Eikenberg and Cosme, Cosme would probably be best case scenario. There's a name that probably everyone's going, well, wait a minute. There's one more guy, um, Tevin Jenkins, who I think this week Chiefs Twitter has fallen in love with, and rightfully so. Jenkins is is a stud. 
He's going to be a great player, I think. Um, the dude is nasty and finishes, and he made my boy Joseph Osai look like a clown a couple times on on some of those plays. But um, and, and I might get run out of the building. I don't think Jenkins can play left tackle in the NFL. Um, that's my opinion. That's that's tough. Okay. I think- <laughs> So. Okay, so um, all right. So with that being said, um, I mean, we've been hearing this name float around all week long. We've been hearing about Orlando Brown <coughs> trade rumors. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you think the Chiefs should trade for Orlando Brown, or do you think the Chiefs should keep that number thirty-one pick and depend on the young guy? Um, all right. So if I told you, let me look this up real quick. Um, if I told you, I could I could give you a draft pick who is twenty-four years old. And will make two Pro Bowls in his first three years at left or at tackle. Would you take him? At, at right tackle? At, uh, one at right tackle, one at left tackle. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Okay. Would you, if I told you he didn't miss a snap in three years, would you, would you want him there? Absolutely. So here's the thing about Orlando Brown. Um, and we, I, I will, we can argue about athleticism and fit and all that stuff. Um, and that's where I kind of laugh because people are like, oh, man, Tevin Jenkins, Tevin Jenkins. But then they, they hate the idea of Orlando Brown. Um, is Orlando Brown a big dude who can't move super well outside? Sure. Did Orlando Brown handle his business twice a, twice a year against Miles Garrett? Yes. Um, as Has he missed a snap in the NFL? I mean, like, for me, it's an easy decision. I'd give up 31 in a heartbeat for, for Orlando Brown because whoever I'm taking at 31, I am hoping – that he has a career as good as Orlando Brown has had so far. Are you going to have to pay him? Yes. Um, but you're paying a guy who's 24 years old, has NFL bloodlines, is ex- from all reports, is extremely like driven and motivated to be a franchise left tackle. Um, he's made the Pro Bowl, again, as an alternate um, or whatever, but he's made the Pro Bowl. He's played really well. He's he's played and he's played in a tough division, right? The Steelers and the Browns, like, um, I'm sorry, this, yeah, the Steelers and the Browns defensive line. I shouldn't say the Browns are, are that tough. He's he's played he's against what? teams, and and he's held his own, right? He didn't in eight games last year as a left tackle. He didn't allow a sack. Um, as actually, I don't if I remember right, he only he may have only allowed two quarterback hits, so. Is it a small sample size at left tackle? Yes, but it's a sample size in the NFL. We know that he can play. Worst case scenario, you give up this first round pick, it doesn't work out, and you play the dude at right tackle for the next 10 years, right? That's the worst case scenario. Um, I I would give up 31 in a heartbeat. I'd give up 31 and and probably a little bit more to get Orlando Brown. I I think he can play left tackle. Um, Nick Jacobs had a good thread on Twitter about him a while back. Uh, The foot speed and all that stuff is a concern. But when he gets like he he knocks people back on his punch, and when he gets his hands on you and anchors, you're done. I mean, he's he's he was shutting down Miles Garrett, who's as freaky as they come in terms of you know athletic profiles in the NFL. So I, I say shutting down loosely because it was it was a battle, right? But the the dude's you know six eight three fifty five, and he he takes care of his business. And you have to prioritize protecting Patrick Mahomes at the end of the day. And if you can take something that's a little more guaranteed. Um, I, I, yeah, I would I would run with that if if Baltimore said, "Hey, give us thirty one or give us thirty one and a fourth or a fifth. I, I use the example of what uh, Andy Reid did when he traded for Jason Peters when he was with the Eagles in two thousand nine. 
which was a first, a fourth, and a sixth next year, I'd give that up in a heartbeat for Orlando Brown. Do you think that the closer we get to draft, his price goes up or it goes down? Because they're at the point where well, we got to do something with him, right? Yeah. Um, they may wait until after the draft to trade him. That's kind of the, the advantage they have, which is fine with me because Kansas City should have more compensatory picks next year, assuming that Eric Bieniemy finally gets hired. Um, so you can kind of tag in. You can say, hey, here's an extra third, right? Um, yeah. So you, you have a little bit more to work with there. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they wait a little bit. It could happen this week. Um, I think this is when NFL teams really kind of get an idea of what other teams are thinking, and they'll start to nail some things down. So it could happen in the next two weeks. I, I've heard a lot, you know, a lot of talk about the Vikings, and I know that you know people are concerned whether or not the Ravens would even trade with the Chiefs. And my answer is, if the Chiefs offer them more, yes. <laughs> um, so that's, yeah. I, I, what when it happens, it's hard to tell. I think the, I think the Ravens are, are probably gonna, because. They, they just paid Ronnie Stanley. Um, they can't pay two guys left tackle money. They're going to move on sooner than later. Um, you have a chance to to get, you know, get draft capital for a guy who, I mean, they invested a third round pick and they're probably going to get at least a first back. So um, that's good return on, on their investment. Now, whether or not they feel like they need to add that this year or wait, wait a year and, and get somebody that's, that's up to them. But um, hopefully, hopefully we'll, the chiefs or I would like to see them, them pull the trigger on the deal. So. Well, I think, I think when Veach has his eyes set on a guy, mm -hmm. he usually goes and get him. Like this is a terrible example because of this off season, but uh, most of the guys he had his finger on, he went and got it. So yeah. um, I don't think he's afraid to pull that move. We've seen him mm -hmm. trade first round picks before. It's not yeah. really a thing for him. So. Uh, I wouldn't be mad about it. I definitely wouldn't be mad about it. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be mad about it. <laughs> we do need a we need a left tackle. That's the most glaring need in this whole team is a left tackle. And after yeah. that, you can pretty much do whatever you want to do in the draft. Really, you can go best player available for the rest of the draft. It's not we don't mm -hmm. have as many needs. As people think, yeah, I, I think with um, with Orlando Brown, you know, uh, I, I missed his name, but he just commented that he's been extremely comfortable. Um, there you go, yeah, yeah. So just that he's been comfortable at left tackle. I mean, he looked good at left tackle, and and I mean, Lamar Jackson holds the ball. He moves around a lot, just like Pat does. I know they're different players and all that stuff. I know it's a different offense, um, you know. But also, he talked about some of that, like. Um, more of that gritty style, like man-on-man, -man, just run through your guy on, on the offensive line. Orlando Brown would bring you some of that, too, that we that the Chiefs haven't necessarily had um, very consistently of, you know, the last couple of years. So I, I think it makes sense. You know, again, like you said, Veach is normally pretty successful at getting those guys, but this year, this offseason has been a challenge for him. Um, it will be interesting to see if he can convince the Ravens or if, or if he's even interested, you know. Again, this is more speculation on our part. They, they run, both organizations kind of keep things pretty tightly under wraps on that end. You don't hear a lot of leaks, um, especially from the Ravens. But even with Kansas City, it's usually you hear it maybe 24 hours beforehand. 
if you're lucky. Sometimes it just drops in the middle of the night, but <laughs> 20 uh, minutes before it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we may we probably won't know till it happens. But I know there's other teams I'm sure in play. Um, but I think I think I agree that it, for me, it's you have to get a left tackle and you have to get a defensive end, and then everything else is gravy this offseason. Yeah, gravy. I say it's worth the investment because like. Um, I remember his, when his dad played in the NFL, and mm-hmm. uh, he was pretty decent at tackle himself, you know, until he got poked in the eye, unfortunately, by the penalty flag. But, yeah, I mean. Is I'm that the same the- guy? Mm-hmm. That's the guy from the Cleveland game he got the yeah. – wow, okay. All yeah. right, I feel stupid. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Are <laughs> no, you good, bro? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely worth the investment, man. I mean, you pay Patrick Mahomes all this money, you gotta have him around for um, the entirety of his contract. So I mean, yeah. I wouldn't mind the trade at all. Really. You gotta, you gotta protect your investment. You don't park a Ferrari on the street. You put that in the garage. So it's time to build the garage, right? Like, especially you know, like that, you know, like that, uh, that Bugatti that was sitting in the driveway. You know that one picture that Bugatti yeah. sitting in the driveway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That <laughs> That's oh, right now. He's sitting out there going, Where, where's everybody at? <laughs> <coughs> Speaking hey, of Tom, trades. What, um, go ahead. Okay. Hey, go ahead. I feel like I asked everybody the question, but what did you grade Niang coming out last year? Uh, so I Niang was a was actually a late evaluation for me because I didn't I actually didn't look at, at him too much until after we, we drafted him. Um I had him as a mid-second round guy. Um after I went back, so I, I I watched him just without doing much background on him. Um, I didn't understand. So, like, I heard a lot of people really liked his tape, and I understood that his um, 2018 was better than his 2019 stuff. And I didn't understand the the injury that he was going through. Once I went back with that in mind and saw that he – so he wasn't able to kick step, um, which is, you know, you're moving laterally. His hip was so messed up. He, he shouldn't have been playing, honestly, <laughs> um, but he's a tough dude and he wasn't even taking no, but, but he wasn't able to move laterally to meet rushers co- trying to come around the edge. So he was dropping almost per- – like every set was a vertical set um, for him, which is a huge disadvantage, not just in terms of like what you're doing, but in terms of how a pass rusher is attacking you. Because um, if they know you're, you're stuck doing kind of one – like you have your one trick, they're going to come after you and, and it's all that. So it's hard to contextualize it without, you know, keeping in mind that injury. Um, I, I go back to what Chase Young said, you know, that, he, that Niang was the toughest tackle he played in college. Uh, I, I do think that he's going to be a starting caliber uh, tackle. I think the Chiefs are really high on him. I think that was the plan from the beginning. I don't know last year this time if they knew something up, if they knew something was up with Mitch Schwartz's back, it wouldn't surprise me if it did. So I don't think those, you know, those injuries don't always just, come out of nowhere sometimes I do but it just based on that trade or that draft selection um I I think that they, this was the plan all along was for him to start this year I, I think they would have liked him to uh, the opt-out decision is one way I, I think he's going to step in day one at right tackle and we won't worry about it for the next 10 years I think he's going to be really good I think he's probably probably a pro bowl level guy um that that's my expectations um, Wait a minute, Tom. So you're saying he's going to beat out Mike Rimmers? <laughs> <laughs> he should. That's rough. That's not what Mike Rimmer agent said. No, yeah. I'm just, I'm just. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, maybe, maybe Mike Rimmers will beat him out. I don't, I don't think so. But I think Nang is. Uh, I was just having a conversation earlier about what if the Chiefs are secretly planning on playing Nang at left tackle for the season. What if that was their plan? 
that wouldn't even – I mean, that I wouldn't rule that out entirely. Um, but I think that the plan has been for him to be the right tackle and to, to take over for Mitch. And I think he's going to do it really well. And he is he is kind of a different – one of the things that's, that's interesting about the last year with the Chiefs offensive line is, you know, they're getting – they seem to be more open to some of these power players, and that's that's what Yang was like. I he is a really strong punch, and I, you know when he's healthy or when I was watching his older tape, like he definitely has that drive to him, and he's he's a big dude. Um, he's mobile enough, but that's again to talk about elements that we're missing along that that offensive front. Um, and then you know they add Colecio Simile last year. And I'm like, okay, maybe they're going to build some more of this. Um, I don't I, I don't think they'll ever be a pure power like power man scheme. But I think that they have the potential to add a little bit more of those elements, especially in short yardage situations, so that we're not, you know, quarterback sneaking with Mahomes or doing the little rollout thing. We got to stop. Patrick Mahomes should lose his job as our short yardage runner <laughs> uh, <laughs> situations. No more, no more sprint options or quarterback sneaks. Just let him <laughs> hand it off to to somebody. Nah, man, Brandon quarterback sneak back, man, that was just a freak injury. That's like a rare occasion with quarterbacks and the quarterback sneaks, dude. Like, yeah. before the instance, don't play around, man. If it's really, really close to the marker, man, sneak it, man. Get the first Gadget run. play. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, that's the, that's the time when you put Chris Jones in at quarterback. Let him do the sneaking. Just <laughs> let right. him right. Put him in at quarterback. So, Tom, have you completely ruled out um, re-signing Eric Fisher? When he when he's medically clear, no. I mean, I think that they I think they planned on having Fisher on the roster for this year, but that injury that injury means that there's a solid chance he misses at least half the season, and he had one of the bigger cap hits on the team. Um, I think this whole off season, off season has been one of like on the fly adjustments for for Brett Beach because you lose Fisher in the AFC Championship game to a torn Achilles. Um, still don't know why they haven't re-signed Teron, Teron Matthew. I don't know. You know, like there's just all these. You know, you miss out on Trent Williams. You miss out on every other free agent under the sun they've gone after. Like I feel like that's all. Every free agent hits the street, and then he almost signed with the Chiefs, but instead, um, I'm so tired of hearing that. So it sounds like there's, there's no <laughs> a lot of like fluidity in that plans. Yeah. So I think as we get closer to training camp, Eric Fisher's best situation is with the team he knows, and and they're gonna put it like if he's thinking about his future. He should, he, you know, you play out, you play out in a place where you know, you do that one-year deal just like your, you know, your contract was. I was a little surprised they didn't like restructure him or re-sign him uh, or try to work something out so that he was here. Um, he can be a mentor. He can be in the building. I mean, he, for by all accounts, he's loved by the organization. Um, you know, never. I mean, he's, his worked hard. Has dealt with a lot of adversity. So I don't think anybody likes this as the ending for his career as a chief. If there was a way to, you know, finesse it where he's here for another year and maybe he plays a couple games or maybe he doesn't, and but he's a, you know, he's a leader in the locker room. He can mentor the young guy, whatever he needs to do. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't be. Now I don't want to pay him. I think it's thirteen, fourteen million dollars a year to do that. You know, get him, get him on a lower, lower deal and, and make it based on incentives and, you know, um, on playtime. But yeah, I. I have a soft spot in my, my heart for Big Fish, and I hope that you know if if it if those meet that need and that availability meets and he's cleared, we can they could work something out. That'd be be nice to have a different ending than just you know the last time we saw him was him you know being helped off the field in that AFC Championship game. 
Yeah. And it was so close to the end of the game. It just was just a terrible, the worst timing of all time. Yep. Um, here's another thing I just thought of, and I know we, we got to wrap you up. Uh, you're, you're close on your time. Um, Mitchell Schwartz. Can we just hire him as offensive line coach? I mean, at this point, uh, Instagram breakdowns. <laughs> yeah, I'll say I might want him. Man, honestly, put him in the booth with Mitch Holtis, and it can be Mitch and Mitch up there. Um, I'm so excited about. I mean, again, nothing official, but I'm excited about his career after football. He, I think I hope that he sticks around in Kansas City and continues to be a media personality. Um, he's just such a a good dude, and the way he explains things. Um, yeah, he's definitely a, a treasure. And I, you know, I hope that if he wants to play, he gets healthy and he's able to play. I hope that if he's done, then he's at peace with that and, and he can walk away from the game, you know, confidently. I'm I'm gonna guess he I'm gonna guess his prognosis isn't great, but that he's trying to still work through it, just knowing that he's you know a very tough competitor. So um, whatever he does next, he's gonna be you know whether he's playing next year or or in a booth or in a kitchen or wherever he's gonna be. I know he's gonna do great. Um, He's been one of my favorite players the last couple of years or since he came to Kansas City. So um, I don't know if you guys remember the days of Donald Stevenson at right tackle, but uh, uh, <laughs> just not Donald Stevenson made him one of my favorite people. So, man, no, I, I love Mitch. I love Mitch. That was a great sign, and he was always underrated and under underappreciated. I love the fact that he's building a house in Kansas City. Yep, he's always cooking. So. A restaurant may be on the way after the after this COVID thing pass away. I mean, uh, but uh, that in the booth suggestion, I like that. Yeah, you said it first, so if, if yeah. it happens, we gotta give you all the credit for, <laughs> for putting it in the air, bro. <laughs> yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> Mitch and Mitch in the booth. You know, Kansas City was the radio network. Yeah, yeah, go trademark that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want nobody to steal it from you. Give us like 10% though. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> this is my big break. Right. But, but before uh, we let you go, Tom, before we let you go, man, um, we definitely gotta ask you about your uh mock draft. So who do you, okay, okay, so like round for round, man, who do you have the Chiefs drafting? Um so I'm a little bit unusual. In fact, I might pull this up here while we're wishing. I might go through them while we sit here if you don't mind. Um I as much as we just spent all this time talking about left tackle, um, I think the way this draft class stacks, the Chiefs might be better off taking a guy early on who's an edge rusher. Um, I just got done earlier today. I did a, um, uh, a mock draft with the Say It Again Network with um, the Kingdom Says podcast. We're doing that. Not to plug another guy. Sorry for plugging another show on your show. No, we still we, but we went with Joseph Joseph Osai, who's a um, – I said we draft him as a linebacker. And so with the with the news, they signed Jerron Reed. Chris Jones is going to play some more defensive end. Um, I'm excited about the way this defense could kind of change itself in the next couple months where if you're, ha- if you're in a base package with Chris Jones, Frank Clark as your defensive ends, and then Naughty and Reed inside – but then on those passing downs, you have a guy. So Joseph Osai started at, at Texas as an outside linebacker, like off ball, then was a pure pass rusher this last year. 
with that experience, I'm saying play him off ball for the first two downs, and then when it's time to go get the pass rusher or to get the quarterback, you drop him down, let him be a pass rusher. So that versatility in the front, I'm like, that to me has been my favorite kind of fit for the last couple of weeks, especially since the Jerron Reed signing. So if you go, if you do that, I think you you circle back in the second round and you draft a guy, uh, Spencer Brown, offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. He just had the – so if you follow Math Bomb and the relative athletic score um, on Twitter, Spencer Brown just posted the best RAS score for an offensive tackle of all time, like since he's collected that data. He's a, he a 10.0. Um, the dude is an athletic freak, has a wrestling background. I love my offensive lineman to have that wrestling background. Um, it just it's, a, it's discipline and, and that kind of stuff that, that translates really well. I think so. He reminds me of Colton Miller from the Raiders. So you might draft him, play him day one, and he might struggle early on, but I think he's going to figure it out. Um, so you get into round three, and you can go a lot of different directions. Um, like I said, I'm pulling this up as we, we kind of go. I, I have a I have a propensity to really like running backs, so I'm not going to take one here. But um, another guy, another name that's popular with with Chiefs. Twitter and I'll throw I'll throw him a shout out here is Tommy Trimble out of Notre Dame. Um, he's that versatile piece. He's going to come yes. in, probably be your tight end too, and block for you. But the potential as a pass catcher is there. The potential to move him around and, and even line him up as a fullback. You might as well, you know, you do stuff like that. You have a guy. You have another chess piece. Make defenses worry about whatever else you're going to throw at them. Um, so I, I like Tommy Trimble. I haven't watched as much of him as probably some of my colleagues, but I've heard enough from everybody else that I'm like, I could, I could do, um, I could definitely do Tommy Tremble. We talked about Amir Smith with Marset earlier. So I'm just, I'm just rolling through here as we talk through it. So fourth round, here he is. I'm going to take him again, put some pressure on McColl to perform, adds another explosive element to the offense, takes over that kick return, punt return um, responsibilities. And, and that's a, that's a win-win. Um, Another fourth round pick. I like. There's a guy named David Moore out of Grambling State. Um, he had a really good Senior Bowl. Probably a developmental guy. He's going to play your guard spot. And with Kyle Long being on a one year contract, throw him in there. Let him get um, get mentored by Kyle Kyle Long. Kind of figure things out. You know, come along in an NFL weight room, and you you let that be what that is. Uh, I think he has the potential to be a starter down the road. So. I would, I would definitely do that. Another guy I like, um, I haven't talked about him. I didn't mention him earlier. Tony Fields out of West Virginia. Um, linebacker, right? Listed as a linebacker, but he's probably going to play more of a safety. He's going to play a, a, a Dan Sorensen type role. And if you like uh, Jeremiah Wusu koromoa from Notre Dame, go watch Tommy Fields. He's kind of like the uh, – Tony Fields. He's kind of like the, you know – the dollar discount version of Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Um, really athletic, good in space. Um, he's that dude who's just like go. He's a headhunter, right? You 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 see and hit. You go, you let him play kind of overhang position, play on the outside, and and you let him let him roll. Um, so that puts us. Let's see, fifth round. Yeah, I like said just flying through here. So Keith Taylor would be another guy out of Washington. I, I love Washington cornerbacks. <laughs> I have since Marcus Peters. Um, Taylor's not – Taylor's going to get tagged with 
the comparisons to um, Kevin King out of you know from pa- the Packers who had a terrible playoff run. He's not Kevin King. Um, he's I think he's a little more competitive at the catch point. Maybe not as athletic, but I really like his his size and, and overall profile. I think you bring him in if he's your fourth or fifth guy um, as a corner, you're doing all right. Um, that's a one last pick for the Chiefs. Um, I'll spoil this a little bit. I did this, we did this in the other mock. Matt Bushman. Oh wait, we took a tight end early. I take it back. We're not taking a tight end. Um, we're gonna go offensive line again. We're gonna go Drake Jackson out of Kentucky um, to play offensive center. I thought he had some of the most technically sound hands of any center in the draft. He's really struggled with the Pro Bowl or not the Pro Bowl, the Senior Bowl. So I knocked him down a little bit, but um, for a sixth round guy, I'll take him there and, and see if he can at least compete to start at center. So there's an off the cuff mock draft for you. I do like three of them every day, so it's hard to like. Here's my most recent one, but um, like I said, it's easier to run through that. So I'll recap it real quick. Um, so first round, you'd get Joseph Osai, who's a linebacker slash defensive end. Second round at 63, Spencer Brown, your offensive tackle, your left tackle. Uh, third round nine, uh, at 94, you had Tommy Tremble, who I think is a day one starter or starter at tight end two. Fourth round picks, Amir Smith-Marset, David Moore. Both guys could develop and should see a little bit of time early on. And then Tony Fields or Keith Taylor, both are guys who are projects. Yes, uh, Yes, both projects kind of on the defensive side that should have roles early on. And then Drake Jackson is a guy that you hope can come in and kind of be like a Nick Allegretti where you're like, all right, he may he may be competitive, he may not. He's at, at the very least he'll be a camp body to keep in there. So um, but yeah, that's that would be my my quick mock draft for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll be around. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll we'll chat again soon, guys. Yeah, love it, Tom. Yes, sir, we will. Definitely gotta check in with you after the draft. I love that mock draft, though. You hit <laughs> all me. Nice, man. I would yeah. not be mad at that draft at all. Like, everybody you named, I would not be mad at none of those picks. <laughs> yeah. So, I know that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Beach is going to probably draft a punter just to throw me off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm going to take off. Hey, no, appreciate it, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, thanks, Thank you, Tom. Tom. <laughs> man. Nah, for real. I love that draft, though. Yeah, he hit really everything. Awesome. He hit everything that I would want. Oh yeah, that's like a that's a, that's a straight A draft to me. Honestly, that's a straight A draft. That make Boogie change his mind about Brent Veach, won't it? <laughs> Good draft, Will. Yeah, a lot, yeah. Of people, a lot of people for that sake, you know. But uh, <laughs> as we uh, we, but let's move on from the draft a little bit, man. Uh, let's talk about this. Let's article. talk about Boogie topic. Uh, what's the what's your topic? Patrick Let's Mahomes. You talking about yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. That's what I was about what to you, go. What What you think about that country? I know you've been optimistic. Do you think that Super Bowl loss benefited us? Okay, so long term. I think so. I agree with Pat because I think um, kind of humbled us a little bit, took a little bit of the kindness of it, and is is more fuel more motivation like you can't go nowhere but up from where that was you know what I'm saying you only if you only good as your last game then it ain't nowhere to go but up so yeah I think you're gonna use that for motivation I think you we always we already know Pat got some Michael Jordan in him so he definitely took that personal that loss 
and then they still talking. Like to this day, they still talking. Man, that's enough to, and that's enough to carry us through this season. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just gonna read a quote from what he said. Like this was on CNBC when he made his appearance. He was like, "I think the feat helps you more than success. I just do whatever I can to be better, learn from mistakes." And when you lose on the football field or if you invest in a company that doesn't work out or whatever it is, I think that helps you out more because it drives you to learn from your mistakes. It drives you to be better next time. And, you know, I'm with that. You know what I mean? Because, like, of course, of course, we didn't want that loss to be in the Super Bowl. Uh, you kind of cut out, uh, Chuck. You kind of cut out a little bit, bro. Really? He's smooth. He's smooth. That's yeah. Good. So, good. Oh, is that me? That's yeah, you, Kyle, country. Country. Uh, nah, but as I but as I was saying though, you know, to the country gets back. As I was saying though, like I agree with Patrick. You know, of course you don't you don't want to lose the Super Bowl, but at the end of the day, man, like it's rare that somebody goes undefeated in the Super Bowl. Like Joe Montana, he he never lost the Super Bowl, but like we look at the other quarterbacks, even though the ones that have a strong winning percentage, they they lost the Super Bowl before. And they bounce back from it eventually. So, so I think I think it's gonna motivate Patrick in the long run to uh, just be better because like he's still young. You know what I mean? There's like a flaw maybe two in his game still that he can improve on, despite him being a spectacular talent. But you know, other than that, man, he's he's striving for greatness. I think he's gonna be ready. You you think this would make him this loss would benefit more than him going on the three peat? This would be a three P right here. I mean, I, I think it, I think yeah. it does, man. I think it does. I mean, it, I mean, because look on the surface, we can go to a few more Super Bowls right now if things work itself out. You know what I mean? Okay. And plus, you you get that 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 added motivation of I didn't win that one. And you see the motivation that losing the AFC title game gave us. It propelled us to a Super Bowl. So we lost the Super Bowl. That should propel us right back to the Super Bowl. Like, um, to touch on another subject that came out today is, like, the Chiefs are projected to win the most games in the NFL again, even with the whole that we don't even have a left tackle right now. We still projected for 12.5 wins for the year. So. Vegas knows something, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know if we the Super Bowl favorites. I think we are still though. Yeah, we were. We were. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we should be. Um, and I want Tampa Bay to get right back to the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm rooting for Tom Brady this year, bro. <laughs> you sound Vegas. like me. You sound we like need me, that. We need that rematch, bro. We got to have that yeah. back, bro. It's yeah. like we ain't going out like that, I bro. Oh, but, but think about this, the motivation. Man, after the Super Bowl, uh, I don't know if he was going through some personal stuff or whatever, but Tyron Matthew didn't tweet for like two months. Oh, yeah. He took some time I know they sat on that. They sat on that. I'm, players – I know a couple players, a few players. I know a couple players. All I heard was that wasn't us. Like, it just wasn't – it wasn't us. So, I think they taking that as, like, man, we got to prove 
who we are. You know what I'm saying? And people starting to doubt, and now that doubt creeping in, that's all you need for Patrick Mahomes, bro. You put him at number 10 on the NFL winner list, he go out and throw five touchdowns against Chicago. You you don't disrespect Pat Mahomes, bro. You know how he, you know how he get, man. Like something as simple as that loss, and it was embarrassing, and it was everybody was watching. It wasn't simple. man. He, he Super Bowl MVP <laughs> and a ring this year, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even doubt one of them. Yeah, man, like, I'm hearing all this stuff about him being an RK quarterback, which is ridiculous. Like, the some, huh? some of the plays he made. Uh, huh? What did you say, Book? He's a who quarterback? No, I just said, you said an RK quarterback. Is yeah, that you said? yeah, 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 that's what I thought you said. Oh, yeah, yeah, this dumb, this dumb what? comment going on about him being an RK quarterback or whatever. Just because of this play style, but like the league caught up with him too. That's the other one. Eh? The league got him figured out. Yeah, that's another one. The league got him figured out. He can't play with backup offensive linemen and all this other nonsense. Bro. Like, can't nobody do that, can <laughs> Think about think about what happened for Tampa Bay to beat us now. We already been through it. We give Tampa Bay their respect. They won. But think about everything that had to go wrong for us to lose that game. Lose Eric Fisher in the Buffalo game, right? Brent Reed, the biggest distraction, distracts our whole coach, probably half our defensive line, biggest distraction ever. Um, and prayers and love to that little girl family. I forget her name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, biggest distraction ever. Offensive line, Mike Rimmers is starting left tackle. We got a backup here. We got a backup there. We got the backup backup there. Man, you know what I'm saying? Like, so we couldn't run, or when we caught, when we started to run, we was too far behind. You had to throw the ball. And then think about, what, five drops at least? drops, right? So – Man, ain't no blueprint is that like just throw the kitchen sink down and hope they mess up. That's the blueprint. Yeah, not throw you a life raft country. You um <laughs> you turn into a terminator I'm drowning. Time. Yeah, you drowning, dog. Uh -huh. But um <laughs> But I got I got the gist of what country said though, man. Um it was just a perfect storm for Tampa Bay somehow, man. Like, um, just the way the game was going, man. Like, you could just kind of tell, like, the biases weren't there. But to go back to the running game, it's not like we couldn't run the ball. We was running the ball decent. I mean, to me, we still had plenty of time in the game to uh, get back in it if we could just continue to run the ball. But it is what it is, dog. Can't win them all, right? We're going to spin the block, man. We're good. I'm I'm ready for, for the new season, man. We're good. Yeah. I'm ready, man. I need that rematch, bro. <laughs> Double back. <laughs> all right, so all right, so since we did see the, the win total for the Chiefs, I think it was at twelve. Um, do you guys think the Chiefs get the twelve wins this season? Do you guys think they cover that? 
I think I'm gonna take the under. Wow. Okay. So what do you gotta say, bud? I think we'll win eleven. I think eleven. Still, we're gonna win double digit games with twelve and a half. I, I, they're eleven. I think that might be a good bet. That's a fair bet. What you got, Chuck? You know you the you are a gambling expert. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the backup, yeah. Yeah, most definitely, Phil. Most definitely, bro. What's um, up, Phil? But uh, country don't like the number 13. So I'm not going to say 13. Uh, I think they'll get the 12. I think it'll be at 12. Um, so was it 17 games this year? Oh, I forgot about that, too. 17 so games. Yeah. Game. So it'll either be 12 and 5 or 14 and 3. But I think I'm going to lead. I forgot about the extra game, Chuck. Yeah, we can hit that 12 then. I'm more confident with the extra game. We're not losing more than six games. Yeah, so I'm going to go with that 12 and 5. That's that's about right. You know, my, my thing is always to go 6 and 2 on, at home, 6 and 2 at the, on the road. But since we got that extra game, and it's a home game too. Yeah, against the Packers. We should be, we should be able to go undefeated at home. That's nine wins right there. Let's see how the schedule is set up first before we say right. nine and no. I right. know I know how you are, country. Sixteen and <laughs> no, but hold on. Let's slow down. We go we go get there. Hey, we was fifteen and one this year. You should have been. I mean, you did get yeah, like, you know, week seventeen, we didn't care about that game. Yeah. So Right, right. So we lost that game on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of motiv- speaking of motivation. Remember the Raiders game when they had their little victory lap? Yeah, I was about to mention that. Raiders fans still <laughs> celebrating that, dog. I'm like, y'all still celebrating that one little victory, bro? Y'all ain't make the playoffs, man. Just <laughs> What else they going to celebrate? God, that's that's all they got. Just lame, dog. <laughs> so we're going to get them back for not giving us uh, Rodney Hudson anyway. Right. 14 and 3? Yeah, Phil got us 14 and 3. I ain't mad at that, Phil. I ain't mad. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, Ronnie Hudson, yeah. Didn't, didn't Hudson go to um, Arizona. Go to Arizona or Washington? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Arizona. Arizona. Okay. I knew it was one of the teams with the red color jersey. But, yeah. Don't worry about it. Wait till we sign Alex Smith, man. I'm just waiting on that. <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. I got so much. I remember you tweeting about that, Phil. I remember you tweeting about that day, bro. (laughs) (laughs) You were high tweeting about it. (laughs) (laughs) So, man, I think we've covered the draft. Um, In in totality, we still got what another week and a half left. One more of the two. Yeah. We gonna get there, fellas. We gonna get there. (laughs) I can't wait for the recap show, man. I want a recap. Oh, yeah, we yeah, got a special guest for the weekend. Y'all gonna love him. I, I, I can't believe we got this guy to come on. So that's gonna be a blessing. It's gonna be a great show. Uh, we appreciate y'all, man. Our, our subscribers went up. We're trying to reach a hundred. We're trying to reach a hundred. Help us reach a hundred. Like and subscribe. Get them views up, man. Come play with us, man. We 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 really trying to get y'all the best content we can. So. Uh, tweet, us some, tweet us some gifts for that whoever that 100th uh, subscriber is too, man. We need some ideas. We want to give away some stuff for right. number 100. Also, so. 
And also, we close to 200 followers on the Twitter page, so I don't know. Should we do a giveaway for? I, I had a Twitter giveaway, Twitter but Chuck said no, man. I ain't say no. I ain't say <laughs> no. Get out of here. You did. Why you I had the, the, the Tiana Trump on only fan. Why are you capping on this podcast right now? <laughs> Take the cap off, bro. <laughs> you got the Tiana Trump OnlyFans login? I'm trying to give it. Look, 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 look. He won't that. Nah, you can't get that login, man. Hold on. We're giving that away on Twitter, man. What we need? 200 oh God, subscribers? Oh, my gosh, dog. We need seven don't more don't subscribers. Listen seven. <laughs> don't listen to him, y'all. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we, we definitely going to try to do a giveaway when we reach 100 subscribers on YouTube. And we'll do something for the Twitter followers. I don't know if you got to do it for Twitter, man. We got to do it for Twitter. They wouldn't expect nothing less from you, bud. <laughs> Golly. But uh, but before we go, before we head out, dog, um, we're going to do another Twitter spaces soon. Hopefully, they, Twitter gets their stuff together. And uh, we'll probably do a little something before the draft. You know what I mean? And then um, I think on Clubhouse, I think Android got the beta for that now. So, uh, you know, I'm going to see about see about my country on there, and maybe we'll do a room. Get that. Yeah, room. let's do that. Let's definitely do that. Yeah. But other than that, man, uh, we out of here. Don't forget the likes. Just don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and comment. Um, share this on all your social media platforms. Tiana Trump got them stuttering, uh, country. Golly. <laughs> Chill out, man. Chill out. God. RIP DMX. Oh, man. Peace of Dark Man X, man. What's so? All right. Kingdom Cash, we out of here, man. See y'all next week, man. Trump had him stuttering, huh? I hate y'all.